When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. It's Purple Daily. Welcome in to Purple Daily from the Minnesota State Fair to start off our grand show today to celebrate the official end of the preseason and start talking about the roster, the regular season, week one, actual football. Myron Metcalf from ESPN, Courtney Cronin from ESPN, Judd Zolgad will join later. We will have hot routes as always. Friends, we made it. We did it. We did it together. I would like to say, just because we're at the State Fair, um, Judd told me a week ago, more than a week, nine days ago, eight days ago, that the smell of the cookies would eventually get to me and be disgusting. <laughs> Judd, wherever you are, you're a liar. It smells wonderful still. I w- and I would still like someone to bring us some while we're on air. That's um, not happened yes- yet. Yeah, yesterday Alex Moon ran over and got some. So you and your, you in your journeyman deal. quarterback segment. I, yeah, um, that's right. Uh, Brooks Bollinger and Sage Roosevelt both got cookies as well. You know so what? I, I guess I just... After you're done here, yeah, we're going. go do that. Yeah. Go They're the real deal, man. <laughs> we got our bucket. And then if you get the milk with it, then you're in great shape um well yeah I, this is always the week where you gain 10 pounds or whatever yeah, and then yeah. uh into the regular season but last night it just ended in beautiful flaming fashion 17 points <laughs> given up in the final four minutes <laughs> right losing on a punt return they give up a uh, long drive to tyree jackson Man. and they i just thought it was so perfectly finished off the preseason that a guy wearing number one yeah. for the buffalo bills <laughs> caught a touch like a, a number that receivers aren't even allowed to have Catches the touchdown. He's like, yeah, we yeah. win. Like, I guess you do. There's like six people left in the stands, even in <laughs> Buffalo, where there's nothing else to do but watch football. I did it, notice that. It, like, the stands looked bleak. Really empty. Yeah. Yeah. They, they were pretty empty. They were hyped when they won, though. I mean, they were hyped. They were excited, they had, they yeah. Eight and, people and there. Good for them. Is that they their can, only preseason win? They can always. I have no clue how many <laughs> preseason games the Buffalo Bills have won. Uh, but it's over, and it finishes off. And I think we have to begin with... The night to remember for Corey Vedvik. Good Lord. Um, oh, at this point, after a missed field goal, a punt return for touchdown, one of the funniest attempts to tackle another human being that I have ever seen, it's over, right? Like they yes. can't, they can't keep Corey Vedvik no matter what they gave up. No, it was that, a mess. That was like, you know, obviously that was his chance, right? And just an embarrassment, right? 
the missed field goal, the punt return for a touchdown. All these people are saying Carly Lloyd couldn't do this, right? I think <laughs> yesterday you have your proof well, that Carly Lloyd, I'd like to give her a chance because I think she could definitely do better than that. She could fall over and have the guy oh, run right by goodness. her. I think she could also do that. Wait, um, so you're saying it's done as in he's not on the roster. I think You're going that far to so. say that they're going to burn a fifth-round pick. Yeah. In the span of three weeks, I three could, or four weeks. I could be wrong, and there are egos at play here for sure, and there's Lots an asset that you jobs gave up. At, jobs at and, play, too. And yeah. I'm sure that uh, the ownership will make a phone call and say, really, man? Like, to uh, Rick Spielman <laughs> yeah. if they cut him? But at the same time, I'm sure they watch the games. Yeah. I mean, his, You can't have that he in a regular seat. I mean, he, you can't have that. Even yeah. kicking field goals, he doesn't look like a real kicker. Like, even approaching the ball to kick he, it. He did when he was kicking off the tee. Yeah, the kickoffs were good. The, the, but, yeah. yeah. Are you really keeping a guy for kickoffs? Well, my so. my theory is that at this point, I mean, yes, Matt Weil has looked better, I want to say, the last few weeks in punting. But I just think the optics here, you can't cut a fifth-round pick. You just traded for this guy. Like, you can't. So, I mean, he'll be the punter. There mm. will be mechanics to be worked out. Do I think he's the holder? No, I think. Cha- I mean, why am I talking about this one? Okay, now hold on, hold on, hold on, um, hold on. Though, if we're trying to read tea leaves, Matt Weil was holding for I Bailey know, last night. Yeah. No, and, and it's just Bailey all of a sudden turned into the best kicker of all ever, time. He's just like fifty-four yarder, like, like forty yarder. Everybody move aside. Yeah, the kicker done. is here. This Here's is how, how we do it. But I just, <laughs> I just can't see them. I mean. In my opinion, they're showcasing Treadwell last night to a degree. They're showcasing Sloter. That yeah. they've they've completely screwed over their own trade leverage for him by saying what they did um, publicly. I mean, there's no teams are not going to trade for a player that they know is probably going to get cut. But I also think in that same vein, they were showcasing Wild. Yeah. I mean, he's not a great holder. We know that. That's kind of been his reputation around the league. That's one thing he really struggles with. But if somebody gets desperate, and other teams will, maybe they could get some trade leverage for him. I still think Corey Vedvik is the punter. You work through the kinks because you just spent a fifth-round pick on this guy. You it looks so but bad. Those, but those aren't kinks. I mean, he just kicked a line drive, and the guy easily ran it back for a touchdown. I mean, that's yeah, kind I of love his... people trying to defend Vedvik and be like, oh, it's the, it's the coverage unit. Put no, coverage has be been that. terrible. No. Okay, you but, can't do that. And I think this is a team when it comes to special teams, right? If they yeah. get into a bunch of close games again, like those little things are going to be the yep. difference yes. again. So you can't just go into a season unsure. If Matt Weil had been horrendous last year, I would say, okay, well, you got to have somebody punt, and it can't be this guy. But he really wasn't. I mean, he was middle of the league in net, and in terms of return yards, uh, they were pretty solid. So I think you just stick with the guy who is actually an NFL player and has been before, and you say, hey, you know what? We gave it a shot, and it didn't work out, and yeah. sorry for everything. <laughs> like, sorry for, <laughs> sorry for making you guys write and talk about Corey Vedvik. <laughs> like, we issue an apology for giving up a fifth round pick and making you discuss this but when the guy shows you in a couple preseason games that he really can't play i don't know how you keep him around well can you really not play or was it outside other mitigating circumstances that broke him i mean the guy was 12 of 13 on kicks in the last two preseasons yeah. showed a lot of promise there was a reason that he was worth a fifth round pick in the first place um what happened i Are think that that's the big question. thing that we need to get to um and i'm curious to see who's going to be willing to talk on record about that what happened so, in these in these four weeks that he's been here that either a destroyed his confidence yeah. or you, you don't just lose the mechanic you, he had it yeah. at one point. I'm just wondering what the heck happened. But do you so, have time? But do you have time to walk him through whatever it's going to take to rebuild that? Like I don't the know. season is here, right? Yeah. So, like, how much time do you devote to let's give him a little more cushion to figure things out? 
Okay, so I understand the reasons for blaming Mike Zimmer for kickers. I I, I totally get it. Hand but but I. I get a little bit frustrated by it's Zimmer's fault that he's putting too much pressure on them or he's doing something wrong for these kickers to miss. Like They have one job. Yes. And if they can't get yelled at by a head coach or have some mind games play with them like Daniel Carlson, then go find somebody who can. Kai Forbath had no problem with this for yeah. whatever reason. I think it's the front office that continues to play games with this position where if they stuck with Daniel Carlson, he probably works it out. He certainly has in Oakland. If they stick with Kai Forbath, he's probably fine. And the guy I hit one of the biggest field goals in franchise history in the playoff game, and then you decide, no, 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 we're so smart about this position that we got to go find somebody else. And I end up looking at that much more than trying to blame Mike Zimmer for just being mad when they miss them. I think everyone's mad no matter that, what coach fair. it is. I don't think it's yeah. just Mike but Zimmer. But there's stuff going on. There might be things going on behind the scenes that we're not talking about and just in how this whole thing happened. I mean, it just it looks really bad when kickers go elsewhere and do really well yep. or they come here from another place and they were doing really well somewhere else and then it all falls apart like why is it falling apart but that's sort of been hit and miss, right? Like Carlson, because he was young, seems to have worked it out and gone to Oakland and become a good kicker. But Forbath has struggled to keep a job, even though I think he should have been the guy to stay here. And who's it? I mean, Blair, Blair, Walsh. Blair Walsh is Blair a disaster. Walsh, yeah, but, but, like, we're spending so much time on this position, right? And I think if you're Mike Zimmer, the one thing you don't want to do is spend time worrying about your kicker. I yes. think that's the issue. Yes. It's like you want to be able to look at that position and go, okay, we're set there. All the other things you have to take care of going into this season, all the pressure he's facing, that's not something you want at the top of your list in terms of, okay, now we got to worry about this. And that is exactly why I think they'll cut Corey Vedvik, because they know what they have in the other two guys, and if there's uncertainty there, that does become a distraction for everybody in the building when they have to worry, is the guy going to punt it correctly? Is he going to get in for long field goals or not long field goals? I think Zimmer would probably be much happier just saying, let's keep the two guys. We know they can play, and even if it's not perfect, we just got to go with what we have. I just have a hard time thinking it's going to play out that well, way. Uh, and, I just, I, and I totally see why with the egos that you, are involved Do you here. think, though, that given what happened with Austin Cutting, all of a sudden you remove the other long snapper, everything seems fine now. We're not talking about the long snapping battle. We're not talking about, like, the delivery and the execution being an issue. We're talking about holding now because it's Matt Weil. Sometimes it's, it's Chad Did you, you believe where we're at? I became a special team expert <laughs> over the last two weeks. We need a separate guys. podcast um, to just do But it's going to matter in those three-point games. You know this yeah. is going to be an issue for this team. They're not good enough to pull away from most teams they play, right? They're going to be in those close games. This is, this is why it matters. This, to me, is a bi- as big of an issue as the cornerback depth. Like, it's talking about, like, what the heck happens here with special teams yeah. Yeah, it, because it will matter. It yeah. will, this will 1,000% play a factor in games. All right, let's talk about some other things yes, uh, about the roster that maybe were resolved or maybe not last night. Uh, one of those things being Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Clearly, no one wants to trade for Laquan Treadwell because there have been reports that the Vikings have been trying to trade him for Two I don't years. know how long. Yeah. Going years. going back a couple of years. It's that car that's sitting on somebody's front lawn, you know, for a couple of years. You know, <laughs> that's right. The price that's right. keeps going down. Right, you know? That's right. And and the neighbors are <laughs> starting to report you for yeah. it. Yeah, like stop doing this. <laughs> um, but Donate that dude, man. Treadwell playing last night says to me that. Uh, there's a very low chance that he's on the roster. I, I see an argument for keeping him on the roster because at least he has experience. But uh, if, if you were trying to showcase him for everybody, I think that all the other teams know what's going on there, and you're just going to have to take the L and let the guy go. Yeah. What happened with him? 
I mean, like, you see that dude in college, and you see the film from him in college, pre-injury, of course. That dude was a monster. I mean, that dude, like, fit the prototype, right? Like, what happened? How did he get from that point to here? Like, you talk about confidence, Courtney. Like, that's a guy who seemed like one of the most confident guys in college football, had all the physical gifts, and just nothing. Well, I think part of it, um, just having covered him in college and knowing what that offense is, and it's all... I don't want to call it gimmicky, but that is a prototypical college offense where you're running smoke, and that's probably a corner route. But he had no clue what a corner route was because they call it – it's like symbols. It's it's the pictures on the sideline. Mm-hmm. Like it's – a lot of it, I think, was the mental game with mm-hmm. Laquan, that he just never was able to kind of process it and pick it up as quickly as other receivers. And But he's from an SEC program. I don't think that you can really blame it on that. I think we've talked about this, you know – when you look back in hindsight, can you say, oh, the Vikings really messed this one up? Like, you know, they this is a bust that you can directly label on them. All the intel about Laquan Treadwell was the same. Yeah, he was, like, the 40 time was a concern, but it wasn't like anybody was saying, oh, there's a big other red flag around him. Yeah. So what are the Vikings supposed to do here? Like, can we go back and say, oh, the personnel department really messed this one up? Like, somewhere along the line, something happened. Yeah. And I think that, you know, his his rookie year and just how – that whole thing played out. Um, it just—it's—it's it's an unfortunate situation, and, and you do—you have to take the L at this point. Bite, you know, bite on the guaranteed money. And this is why all preseason long, uh, dating back, you know, to like, you know, February, March, April, people were like, "Why can't they cut Laquan Treadwell? Why can't they cut him? You know, clear some cap space." Well, you're going to give a first-round pick every stinking chance he can get, yeah. and it's to not get much cap roster. space, and it's not much. I mean, they—they they eat about. You know, just over a million dollars in the guaranteed money, and this is exactly how it was supposed to play out. Let it run its course. Give him one more chance, mm-hmm. even though you've given him 50 chances at this point. Yeah. Let it go. So I think it's a, a combination of a lot of different things for why he came short. I mean, number one is, like you're saying, in college that he didn't have to run the detailed routes that you do in the NFL to get separation. He was, he was bigger and than all these. He I mean, was so strong. The, right. these, was a these SEC DBs, I mean, yeah, a lot of them play in the NFL, but he's also yeah. going against like, small guys. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nowhere near yeah. where he was. And when he was given chances to win jump balls and things like that, at the NFL level, guys just were better than him. Yeah. I mean, the, the corners are stronger. They're more experienced. You're not getting separation like you are in college, and I don't think he adjusted well to that. But the other element of this, too, is that Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, when Laquan Treadwell was drafted, I think they probably thought highly of Diggs coming off of a solid rookie season yeah. and maybe had some inkling that Adam Thielen could play a little bit more than they knew in 2015. I mean, he went to Minnesota State, Mankato. That's, that's right. So Once course, you go to Mankato, you, know. you could play. Uh, but they had no idea that Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs would be superstars. Yeah. How they, lucky they, are they, by the way? Well, the, super to lucky. To have that. But, but part of that is, though, that uh, they end up being a um, – they end up being the number one and number two, yeah. and he doesn't get the same opportunities as those guys would. And I'm not saying that's the only reason he's failed, that they became the centerpieces and he became the afterthought. Yeah. So if he comes in and Laquan Treadwell is the number one receiver right from day one, would this look a little bit different? I'm not saying he'd be way better because there's still um, shortcomings in his game, and, and you mentioned the mental part of it too, I think has been an issue of understanding where he's supposed to go, route depths and things like that. But I think they would have had probably more patience with him. They would have forced the ball his way a lot more. Yeah. They would have schemed to try and get him the ball more as opposed to, well, you're kind of the number third option because you're just the guy that's out there next to Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah. I think all those things play into it. Yeah, you don't have that kind of time with a guy like that. I mean, I think that's the other thing is when Thielen and Diggs become who they became, you don't have time to wait on Laquan Treadwell 
to, to figure things out. He just physically overwhelmed people in college, wasn't able to do that in the NFL, but never adjusted. Like I think a lot of these guys who are physically gifted like that, you forget the mental element and how important yep. that is um, and that how much that separates guys. Uh, we have some breaking Viking news here got? at the fair. Courtney, do you want to break this yeah. exciting Viking news? Well, according to NFL Network's Tom Palacero, uh, the Vikings just traded Danny Isadora for a seventh-round pick. I'm trying to find the tweet now. I remember what team. It's no more exciting than that. So, Miami. Miami. He traded Danny Isadora to Miami, which so. means that Drew Samia is definitely on Wait. the roster, the fourth-round pick. I think we knew that. Mm-hmm. There was a moment in training camp where we thought, oh, I don't know. But uh, surprising. How about this? The Minnesota Vikings actually trading depth offensive linemen. They have enough depth was, on their offensive a, line that they could trade someone. That's 180 from last year. Um I'm not surprised he wasn't going to make this roster anyways, but yeah. the fact that they're able to use him as leverage mm-hmm. uh, when he is just simply not caught on all that well as a depth option for them the last few years, it's a good sign, I think, in just like the growth of that they've had with their offensive linemen. But it's also, uh, in terms of what you want to do for finalizing the roster spots, I mean, I think you could keep 9 or 10. Yeah. Like, but- it just to me, it's going to come down to Brett Jones over a Dakota Dozier, vice versa, and what do you do with Ole Udo? Like, I mean, there's a lot of moving what parts What do here. you do with Ole Udo? Oh, I, think, well, I think you put him on the practice squad, but um, yeah, I, I don't think he's ready to play at this level, but don't know if you can get him there. Well, let me ask you a question, Courtney, before you uh, scoot off and get your cookies and hit up whatever other food venues that uh, you want here at the fair. Um, what else are you thinking about as we go into final cuts, making the fifty-three? Other than just, Oli Udo, you just left the the door wide open. This whole, these whole, <laughs> stop making fun of my seventh round pick. Um, uh, we have three minutes. You you had you had the first seventeen minutes, and you didn't mention Kyle Slaughter. I know. Yeah, a shame. Oh, wow, that's, that's who a I'm shame. thinking about. I've been losing sleep over this the whole week. The fact that Sean Mannion didn't play last is night very tell, telling. tells you everything you need to know, that he was he never is, anything but the number two and Slaughter the, yeah. was the number three. Two. And regardless of whether Slaughter makes it onto this roster or not, he is not jumping Sean Mannion mm-hmm. on the depth chart. That's like the bottom line here for all of the people who think he should be starting over Kirk Cousins, which... <laughs> You know, PFT commenter, commentator, is that yeah, yeah, he I needs to go away because yeah. I am really tired of my mentions <laughs> being flooded with all this stuff. But, I mean, that's probably the, the big one. Um, outside of that, the kicking competition, I mean, we've already been over it, but, like, what are they really going to eat a fifth-round pick? I think also, can, are, do you keep four wide receivers over five? Does Brandon Zill should not make the team? I mean, I don't think it's a lock by any stretch because you could keep a fourth tight end. At running back, I'm keeping all four. I'm keeping C.J. Ham, Kari Blazenden game to the practice squad. And then Mike Boone has got to be there. He's my number three. Yeah, he's played yeah. really well. Amir Abdullah has made his way onto this roster because of special teams. Well, let me circle back to the Slaughter thing. So do you think he is on this team? Right now, I don't. Right now, I don't. And, I, I, and it's not saying that he didn't do enough last night. Um, I, he didn't have a great preseason game. It was his worst of the 12 or whatever he's played in. But um, it's just there's positions of need elsewhere. I don't think they have any draft leverage or capital that they can get for him. I don't think keeping him around really – I mean, if you get to Kyle Slaughter, if you get to your third quarterback, that's the argument. You're not going to be a good team yeah. anyways. Um, I think they need to spend that type of – like use that roster spot elsewhere. And I just – you know, as Rick Spielman said on the broadcast, kind of trying to quell the notion that like, oh, these preseason games mean everything, there's so much more that goes into it. And I think that that's kind of – if you're reading tea leaves here – where you take it when you go with the Slaughter argument. But in the same vein, 
Nobody wants to look bad, especially if they end up cor- cutting Corey Vedvik. They may no. end up keeping Sloter kind of as just like a save face type thing so they don't get killed publicly. Um, they, they may believe that he might not pass through waivers. But, but you're not really getting killed publicly if you release a number three quarterback, are you? You're not, I mean, but what if he ends up a in Indi- social media guys. What if he ends up in Indianapolis care. as Jacoby Brissett's backup? I'm just thinking but, big picture here. I mean, yeah. like, but if he is hasn't done enough with them in meeting rooms and in practices agree. and everything else, there isn't a, a chance that he becomes a good NFL quarterback. And, and so it doesn't really matter. I don't think he needs to be on this roster. I'm not vouching for him one way or the other. But I just I think that that's what you would do because you just don't. There's no. They've historically they've kept three quarterbacks. They don't need to. It's yeah, a, it's I've, a waste of a position of a roster spot at this point. When you have Jake Browning, who you're going to probably put on the practice squad. We went through this with Taylor Heineke, who just got released yes, by another team I did see today. that this morning was, by the Panthers. It was the same thing, where it's uh, all the time people fall in love with the number three quarterback, but it's clear from the way that this team has talked about Kyle Sloter that they're not super interested in keeping him. And you mentioned on the broadcast last night, Rick Spielman was asked about Sloter, and he just took the conversation in a completely different way. <laughs> Like, I don't want to talk about this. But he starts out with, well, you guys have to understand it's more than just the games. So they've been setting up with their comments from Mike Zimmer, from Kevin Stefanski to um, Rick Spielman Nobody to, believed to cut him. Right? A lot of people didn't believe it for some reason. A lot of people just figured, no, no, he's the way he's playing, he's going to jump man. But obviously Zimmer has never changed his tune. Right. No. But, and he, the, never took, he never took a second team rep yeah. this entire preseason. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the situation is just so much different. Like last night, are they running anything remotely close to the no. Minnesota Vikings offense? Ran, like, I don't ran think a couple so. boots. Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. They did a couple of play actions. And the other thing, somebody had a funny stat that Sloter has been pressured like three times the entire preseason. <laughs> it's like these, these third team defensive ends or whatever can't even get you know close to him. So it wouldn't be a surprise if they cut Kyle Sloter. And I think that that there would be some fans who said, why would you do that? He played so well. Yeah. But they get so much more look at him, and yeah. they know what they've got and there. And they've had him for they... three years now. Like, yeah, what else do you need to say? That, that, what more? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, last thing yes. before you go. What do you got? One more thing. One more thing. That, that you're interested in Saturday before the Vikings cut down their roster. Um, I'm not really that interested in if they keep a 10th defensive lineman. That yeah. to me is like whatever. When but does that ever matter? I it mean, doesn't, but... But it doesn't. It just, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, they, I mean, they like, never get to those guys anyway. Uh, Zimmer plays his starters all the yeah. way through. He can say all the time, oh, we're going to have a rotation. He never does. I think I'm more interested in the waiver wire at corner um, in trying to see because there's already been several cuts. Some young guys, and you know, the Jag- uh, Jaguars cut their what? They're undrafted. The dude from Alabama, uh, he's a corner this morning, one of the first ones that I saw. And I know that there have been a few others, and there will continue to be that, uh, some that are released on Friday ahead of actual cutdown day. When they go through that list of 1,200 tomorrow when they're looking to pick somebody up, it, does a guy like that make the roster over a Duke Thomas, over a Nate Meters, over you know that fifth spot? Because you already know you're four. You know it's Rhodes, uh, Waynes, Alexander, and Hughes. If you're going to keep five, do you want one of the young guys on the roster that, you know, is a the best of a not great bunch yeah, or are you yeah. going to try to scour i think tease Tabor is still out there i think he just got cut yeah, this he morning. got released yeah. um like do you want to go with a veteran option because you have no depth at the position holton hill's gone for eight games like that is where like you know if i could actually see the waiver wire with my own two eyes that's yeah. what i would be watching but that is definitely something to watch as it goes through okay thank you for your time courtney you. cronin uh go get your cookies and so forth myron metcalf and i are going to continue judd zolgad's going to join in courtney's the best and uh, when we return at the minnesota state fair we're going to discuss now 
how the Vikings look at each position. Now that we have a pretty good sense for how the preseason went, everyone is healthy, where are you concerned? Where do you look at as uh, a point of strength when we come back? Myron Metcalf, Matthew Collar, Judd Zolgad comes in. When we come back, you're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. Daily, Matthew Collar, Myron Metcalf, and Judd Zolgan. If you're just joining us, a huge trade for the Vikings as they sent Danny Isadora, a guard, to the Dolphins for a seventh-round pick. So Rick Spielman Isadora's is, uh, gone? Yeah, gone. he's gone. He's gone. R.I.P. So uh, uh, the Vikings working on getting back those late-round draft picks uh, that they give away for kickers is what's going on. Somebody asked wow. on Twitter, you can answer this one, which situation involving a fifth-round pick more disastrous Daniel Carlson, now of the Oakland Raiders, and good, or Corey Vedvik, who either will be cut or will be a kickoff kicker, acquired for a fifth-round pick. That's easy, right? Daniel Carlson cost you a game. Yeah. yeah. You, so, you so screwed up this kid, by the way, who's now a good Oakland Raider, which makes no sense, but uh, Vedvik's going to cost you a fifth-round pick, but he's not going to cost you a game. Daniel Carlson is, the, is one of the great head-scratchers of my time covering the Vikings. Yeah. Is that uh? Is it fair that we say they messed him up? I mean, we were just talking about that last segment when it comes to special teamers. Do you believe in that? You buy into that? That? Oh yeah, really? Oh, just I've mess seen him it. up. Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, Mike Tice used to in Mankato, Myron, in training camp, yeah. try and mess with kickers by when they were practicing their kicks and team drills before the snap. He would walk in front of them. He's <laughs> like, "All right, you're gonna make this kick. All right." Zimmer is basically the same way. Yeah. It's, a, you know, I mean, think about this. If you're in a high-pressure job, and instead of getting positive reinforcement for that job, I'm constantly pressuring you and basically insinuating you're going to screw up that job on deadline. Yeah. Like, like, it's like if you're covering a game on yeah. deadline, and I come up behind you and I go, hey, Myron, had a writer's block much lately? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be like, dude, what are you talking about? Just go away. Shut up. Yeah. Okay, I, I know what you're saying, Judd. I, I think, though, that um, maybe that could be true for Daniel Carlson, who's a rookie. But with all the other kickers, the veterans that have messed up here, Blair Walsh, or with Kai Forbath wasn't good enough for them, and then Dan uh, Bailey having a tough year last year, those guys just have to do their job, right? I mean, if you've been on multiple teams, oh, veterans, you've had yes. lots of different coaches, and that's why yeah. it actually made a ton of sense this year to just stick with Bailey. Like, whatever Mike Zimmer tries to do to this yeah. guy, he's just going to survive and advance to the regular season. He'll be fine. But then they try to mess with Bailey by bringing in another guy who's a kicker slash punter and well, Bailey kicked pretty well last night and has done fine through the preseason. So maybe this thing will ultimately turn out to be fine, right? I mean, I think it, it's I possible think, that it turns out to be fine, and all they have to do is just eat a fifth-round pick. But it's, it's unnecessary angst. 
Yeah. Like you yeah. didn't need to yeah. go through this. I could you could have called me on my cell phone on July twenty eighth and said, <laughs> What do you think that we should do? Or call Matthew Collar yeah. or Myron Metcalf. Me. And the three of us could have outlined a better plan than this, right? And is it any is it any surprise that the young guy who they bring in, who by the way in Baltimore was going great guns, was making everything, is it is it any shock that he gets here and Mr. Uptight is there? And all of a sudden, he can't make a kick. But I think, but I think, Judd, Sorry. I, mean, I, I don't have I time to concern myself, though, with whatever's happened. I expect you at that level, in that position, to be able to handle whatever the pressure is, whether it's internal, external. Like, that just is a position that you shouldn't have to concern yourself with. But here's my conclusion. I don't think NFL teams know what to do with kickers. Yeah. Like, at the end of the day. It's not the only team that's struggling. I mean, you've had so many teams that have applied this method and that method. And there's nothing that has worked. Bottom line is you're either good or you're not, in my opinion. And the elite guys obviously separate themselves. But most of the guys are in that you know, category beneath that. But no one seems to have a handle on what to do exactly to get a consistently effective and efficient kicker. I think, that, to me, is the problem overall. I think there's a reason why a lot of teams and the Patriots would be at the top of this who stick with their kicker for a long time, even if there are some downs. Yes. The, the, the Patriots did not cut Steven Goskowski when he missed that extra point in the AFC Championship game that ultimately cost them against the Denver Broncos in 2015 because they knew if we go chasing our tail with this position, we're going to end up in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Now, they had to cut Blair Walsh. That was a messy situation. But after that, stick with a veteran guy and just just roll with him if he's been proven throughout the years. And sometimes, just like a baseball hitter gets hot and cold, you're going to have guys miss at times or a golfer has a few bad holes. You're going to have that. But if you try to react to that all the time, Dan Bailey gets off to a slow start in practice and you got to go trade for another guy, I think that's where you get yourself in trouble. Did you guys see the attempted PAT? In fact, I think you retweeted it last night, Matthew. In Chicago. In Chicago. <laughs> but, I mean, can you not? That was high school. Can we not all agree at that point it's it's completely mental. Oh, yeah. Like you've yeah, yeah. driven, somebody's driven that kicker yeah. into kicking insanity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I think that what's happened there, right, is just added to the to the pressure. Sure. Um, and it seems like, to your point, Judd, when these coaches try to do things to alleviate pressure, the things that they think are helping, I'm going to put you in this scenario, that scenario, it, it only makes things worse. Uh, at the same time, here we are talking about a position where you bring up the Patriots, when you've got a team that's putting you in a position where you're up 7-10, you know, two touchdowns, there's less pressure on that guy. When you're kicking for the Vikings and you're in a three-point game and it's a touchdown uh, difference in the fourth quarter, that to me is the guy who's facing the real pressure mm-hmm. because that could be the difference maker. And I think that's why you have so many guys coming into this situation being like, man, there's a lot of weight to carry when you're in that position on this team. Okay, I'm going to hope that this is the last we have to talk about the kicker situation. It probably won't be, no. but I'm just going to Matthew. I'm just going to stop. I'm going to hit the brakes right now. I'm I just going to stop this, and I'm going to hope that it's the last time we have to discuss it because I want to ask you this, Judd. Now that you've seen all the preseason games except for last night because you were covering golf, I was at the golf game. And that boy, did you miss everything uh, last night! Wonderful win over South Dakota State. What what an uh, what an incredible <laughs> attempt. To uh, tackle from Corey Vedvik last night, um, but uh, so let's let's just look at the roster on the whole. I think that anybody 
Um, we could pull people out of the crowd here at the fair and have them fill out a 53, and they'd get 95% right because this roster is mostly set, and it's been healthy, so there hasn't been the door cracked open for other players that we didn't expect to all of a sudden have key roles like it was last year. When they signed Tom Compton, we went, oh, Kirk's buddy. Well, that's nice that he's got a friend here. That'll help him <laughs> adapt. And then he ends up starting the whole season, and nobody wanted that. Um, so this year, they're healthy. Tell me where you think they are the strongest, uh, obviously outside of quarterback, uh, for what position group, and where you think they are the weakest or should be the most concerned. I'll start with the second one first because it's going to be surprising, but you've got two really, really good guys there, and if one gets hurt, it's a world of hurt. Wide receiver. Hmm. Because you've got two great players, but Diggs gets hurt. So let's let's say he misses five games. All right. Now it's Thielen BB. Yeah. Like if you don't, huge difference. You, you, you're not exactly unless uh, BC Johnson is a far superior player to what I'm expecting. It doesn't seem like you're cultivating the depth chart to a point where you say, okay, if Diggs goes down, it's really going to hurt us. But we've got this guy, and we'll be okay. No, especially with Kirk as your uh, as your um, uh, quarterback. Uh, where do I think that they are the deepest and should have the most confidence? Probably right now, defensive line. Mm-hmm. Probably. If, if, I, I was not a big fan of keeping Griffin, but mm-hmm. when you did, you go, you've got Hunter, who's unbelievable. Weatherly, who's a good player. Yep. Griffin, who, according to what Collar tells me from training camp practices, has looked pretty good again. Yep. yep. Uh, He's got all the other stuff behind him, the, it seems like. The, the, interior, the interior of your line, if Joseph Camp plays, uh, definitely takes a big hit, but I don't think it's incompetent. Yeah. So I would say defensive line would be the first place. It used to be cornerback, mm-hmm. but uh, I've grown far more concerned there in recent weeks. Uh, I'm with Judd. I mean, wide receiver to me reminds me of the 2000s Lakers where, you know, you had Shaq and Kobe, but one injury and now all of a sudden you got Shaq and Rick Fox, right? All of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. all of a sudden everything changes. Like, you not only need Thielen and Diggs to be really, really good, you need them to be healthy. I mean, that to me is the biggest thing with this team in some of these positions is, Wide receiver, one injury, changes everything. Uh, I would say depth, defensive line, obviously. I'll say I'm surprised with the offensive line and feeling like this is a more stabilized unit. I'm not saying this is going to be one of the best O-lines in the NFL, but I think this was a team that was just trying to get to a position where they felt confident that they had stability. And I think that, to me, is the question you had to answer with Kirk Cousins from a year ago. What was the thing? Well, let's see if you protect him. Now there's no more excuse. Now at least you have capable guys in front of him. Hopefully that can protect him, and maybe it's a different year. So I'm surprised by the stability that they have uh, at one of the most important positions on the field. So let me make the case against defensive line, though, because if it was last year when Everson Griffin went out, Sheldon Richardson was still there to continue to pressure the quarterback. Hmm. Now if you lose one player, I mean, Daniel Hunter, of course, it's going down no matter what, but right. if, if, if you lose one player there, uh, I'm not super confident in Stephen Weatherly as a consistent player that would be on the level of an NFL starter yet. A Fadi Adenabo showed during the preseason. It's still the preseason. But in the middle would be where I'm pretty concerned. Last night, Hercules Mataf is in there in the fourth quarter, which tells me, nice to know you, uh, but I'll see you later for that guy. And Jalen Holmes plays a little bit early on but not the whole game. He's a guy they drafted and they liked, but I haven't seen a ton out of him except for a couple decent preseason performances. So if Linval Joseph is not up to snuff from where he has been in the past and he missed most of uh, preseason training camp, didn't play a single down in preseason, 
you could be in trouble there. Shamar Stefan gets uh, really pushed up by this coaching staff, and they talk about, oh, he's just the big technique and whatever, and he's so smart and all those things, and he's so hardworking and he's quiet. And I, it's I always matters. I don't disagree with any of that for a, for a nice depth player who you drafted in the seventh round and could come in and play 20 or 30% of snaps. But it looks like right now he's going to have to play a lot. Mm. And I think you're in trouble if he's playing a lot. So already I'm not super confident in just the starters across the board there. They didn't bring a guy Tom Johnson back in your mad. They did not bring back Tom Johnson, but they also didn't draft a guy there either. Yeah, they, yeah. they didn't get anybody who has like that pass rush potential on third downs, which has been so effective for them for a long time. And then Zimmer's talking about, well, we can have maybe Weatherly stand over the guard and rush in the middle. But then he's saying, well, it didn't really look very good, so now I don't know. And when they had Brian Robison do that, not only could B-Rob start if you needed him to and still be really good a couple years ago, but he figured out how to rush in the middle and was great yeah. at it. And he was savvy enough to drop back in coverage if you wanted. You could do a lot of things with him. And so I, I think it's been sort of one of those quiet drop-offs to where a couple years ago, just for example, Pro Football Focus was ranking them as a top three, top five defensive line. Had them 14th this year yeah. because they're, they're just not as effective as they were before. So, you know, and, and the Shamar Stefan thing, they talk about, well, we've got to stop the run. We've got to stop the run. I mean, you look at what Sheldon Richardson produced in terms of pass rush last year, and he was one of the top 15 at his position. I think that's way more important than it is stopping the run from that spot. So I'm a little concerned about that. Okay. Um, strength. I think is running back that you know, That's a good one. Yeah. after seeing what Mike Boone did in the preseason, yeah. I don't, I don't think that that was just preseason because we saw him last year and we saw him in training camp, make a lot of improvements and it looks like he's worked his way onto this roster. And that's as the number three, if he was a number two, I think you'd feel pretty confident about it. But Alexander Madison has been really great. He didn't even play last night. That shows you where he stands. Mm-hmm. And then Delvin cook, it looks like the superstar that he can be. Even if cook can't play the whole season, I think initially we thought, well, you're toast. Yeah. But yeah. now I feel pretty confident. Even if Delvin cook, has to take some plays off or misses some games. I, I get very concerned about about that position if Cook goes down, though, as far as pass protection, because Kirk needs so much help there. He and and regular season uh, ability to rush and and w- what they do to young backs gets to be a concern to me. But that's where the stability online hopefully alleviates some of that pressure. Except for right guard, Myron. I'm just going to. Yeah, cross, I'm, I'm crossing myself <laughs> yeah. right now. I do think running back though, without you know Cook, looked brilliant in in the. Limited time he's been out there, but man, it looks like they have value at that position, hey, which is important. If Cook can play, it's fun to watch. He's a playmaker. That, I mean, that cut he made on the touchdown run was phenomenal. It was next level. Yep. I mean, it was one of those plays where you go, okay, how many guys in the league can do that? And there aren't many of them. You Not know, that who, size. Yes, who can make that kind of have that kind of burst? Yeah, and then it's just the health thing. You know, we're talking so much about Diggs and Thielen. What happens at tight end? Bottom line is, you want Cook to be every game two, three in terms of playmakers. I mean, that's the kind of guy where he's got a big play every game. That changes everything. I am told, by the way, that uh, the Vikings aren't planning on making any cuts today. Okay. So they made the one trade with Danny Isidore. They could still make trades, but they aren't going to make any cuts necessarily they today. They won't announce so them? It's going to happen tomorrow at okay. 3 o'clock. It used that's to be. That's going to go down. It used to be in the old days when they cut down the first time, and so this was the final cut down from, what, 75 to 53? Yeah. It used to be they'd, they'd tell half the players on Friday and half the players that's on hard, Saturday. Man. So they, they, like, call them on Friday. Like you're cut today, yeah. and then they and so guys would be like, 
I think I made it. And then they and call him and say, you're cut today. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, and it's a game show. A lot of teams around the league are cutting players today. Yeah. And uh, so poor Taylor Heineke got cut by the Carolina Panthers. Um, a couple other players that might be of some interest to the Vikings. I think that they'll be looking hard and close at a lot of the – and they have two roster spots they could use even right now if sure. they wanted to do it before cuts. But I, I think there are other players around the league they'll be looking for. But – before uh, let's take a break and then we'll come back and talk about this. I, I want to ask you guys if any trade is realistic for the Vikings to talk about before the season begins. Because okay. once upon a time, not that long ago, they uh, traded for Sam Bradford and sent a first round pick. That I mean, it wasn't super surprising at the yeah. time, but he came in and he played. And I think with the amount of pressure on this team this year, that trades that surprise us are possible. So let's discuss them when we come back. we got Myra Metcalf from ESPN, Judd Zolgad, Matthew Collar here from the Minnesota State Fair on Score North. 2.45 here at Score North. Time for the Score North download. And we are live again at the Minnesota State Fair now until Labor Day. The Score North Twin Show at noon. Purple Daily from 2 to 4. Mackie and Judd with Rami from 4 to 6. You can find our booth off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. We will be out here noon to 6 every day now through every weekday now through Labor Day. And our merchandise booth is open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily. You can show us your Score North mobile app and you'll receive a $5 t-shirt. Also, we are donating all proceeds from the All Arise t-shirts to Luis Arise's favorite charity, the Ronald McDonald's House. Again, that's at our merchandise booth. Open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily here at our booth off Chambers Street on the left edge of the grandstand. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Purple Daily. Okay, back here. Myra Metcalf for one more segment. And then uh, Judd Zolgad, hot routes coming up next. Jonathan will chime in with that as well from the Minnesota State Fair. If you missed any of the show today so far, lots of kicking talk. Uh, we had someone walk up during the break and say, have you guys talked about the kickers? Like, sir, far too much. We have talked about the kickers far too about. much. Uh, and I hope we don't have to again, but I'm sure I'll be wrong there. Um, before you get out of here, Myron, this Vikings team is in a unique spot, and there are some interesting situations around the league with players like Jadavion Clowney, um, Ezekiel Elliott, who I wouldn't expect would get traded, Melvin Gordon, who might possibly. Yeah. Um, is there any chance that the Vikings make a decent-sized trade here, knowing that some of their positions that we talked about, wide receiver especially, are lacking in clarity? I mean... If Chad Beebe has three catches, and and we're like, oh, yeah, he's locked in as the number three. Three career NFL catches. He has as many injuries since becoming a Viking as catches and has a couple of preseason drops. I mean, this is it just it's not a situation that gives you any sort of confidence. So I wonder if this would be the type of situation for the Vikings where over the weekend they're making all the calls they can to potentially trade for someone. I think if Dalvin Cook doesn't look as good as he did or if he's hobbled at this point, then maybe you have a Melvin Gordon conversation, maybe someone like that. But I I just think they're set there, right? And wide receiver to me feels like it's pretty set in stone. First off, you have a guy in Kirk Cousins that do you trust him with a third receiver? Do you trust him with someone coming in at this point in the season and having to go through the same process that it appears that Thielen and Diggs are still going through? I I don't know. I mean, I think this is a team that has gone all in on two all-pro guys, and that's just kind of the situation. If Thielen and Diggs aren't good, you're in trouble. One of them gets hurt, you're in trouble. I think that's just the reality, and I'm not sure – you know, who's out there that you go after and say, okay, this for sure makes us a better team considering the transition 
that those guys are still going through with Kirk Cousins. Is there a third receiver type who we deem to be certainly not great but good? Because the thing is, if Diggs gets hurt and it's Thielen, BB, and let's say B.C. Johnson has to play, the one problem that we found out in 2018 is Kirk, if Kirk's read is to the third guy, yep. he's going to throw He'll to throw him. throw it, yep. Yep. Which meant in Treadwell's case, sometimes you had the ball week two in Green Bay that was tipped up in the air, and but yep. for the grace of God was not picked off. So is there a third guy, veteran guy out there who you could trade, I hate to say it, but, you know, let's say like a fifth-round draft pick for, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, who, you know, you don't deem to be I think great. don't have one. But is a sixth-round draft pick. Or I don't know. Yes, but anyway, I know what you mean. Anyway, somebody who would be reliable, because I do, I do fear that if somebody gets hurt and now you introduce another receiver to the mixture, my greater fear is Kirk is going to throw to him. Yeah. So I want to make sure that he can catch the ball. But this does not need to be a great player. It needs to be someone who's a reliable player. Um, so maybe somebody like Albert Wilson from Miami. I mean, they're in a very weird situation. And I don't know if they could afford him because he has a decent-sized contract. But somebody from Miami, Kenny Stills is another guy that's been talked about potentially who could be let go by them. If there's somebody in that ballpark, yeah. even it, to me it's like the Aldrich Robinson test. Right. Last year they brought in Aldrick Robinson, and he was not great by any means, but he caught a few touchdowns and he contributed a little. If someone is as good or better than him, then they should be on this team over Brandon Zilstra, over Laquan Treadwell, and, and maybe B.C. Johnson turns out to be better than you think, but he's a, still a seventh-round pick and you don't know what you have there. I think that's the position where they could potentially trade for. Now, I mean, it would be all sorts of fun if there was a Jadavion Clowney trade in the works or something like that, but there have been no connections of the Vikings to him. I just think that with some of the positions on this roster being of weakness, that you already gave up a fifth-round pick for a kicker and showed the tension in the building and uh, I guess the the stress that there is to win this season, Mm -hmm. that you would go out and trade an asset for him. But I think this is actually a team that's in a position where the future assets don't mean as much to them as making sure this happens right now in their window to win with the defense and window with Kirk Cousins. I would cut Treadwell to Tomorrow based on this. It's not that I don't think he can't contribute to me on special teams. No. I, I would cut him based on the fact that I know if I have to play him, Cousins will throw the ball to him. <laughs> yeah. And I can't have that. Yeah. And I'm dead serious. Kirk will not say, Kirk doesn't say to himself, man, this guy has tipped three passes today. You know what? Yeah. The, the read goes to him, but I can't do it. Kirk will throw him the ball. I would take him away uh, from Kirk's arsenal because I don't trust either one of them. Are you interested at all in Terrell Pryor? He got cut today. I'm not. No, I, I mean, no, he's been me cut either. by a couple teams. I would like to add, in, in all seriousness, my second add, if I could add a uh, veteran cornerback. That's absolutely. important. That's absolutely. absolutely. I'd love some the depth whole, there that I trust. I feel like the whole Neil conversation sort of stopped. It was like, okay, the suspension happened. We're on to the preseason. <laughs> now that we got the season next week, now it's like, oh, no. I mean, this is where yeah. you start to feel yeah. it. And remember, oh, this guy's out half the season. That's terrible. And, and nobody emerged either. And it's no. very clear from watching in the preseason and training camp that Holton Hill is on another level from those other guys. And yep. he's a very talented player. So to not have him for half of the season because he can't stop with the weed and also 
getting himself even fined during the preseason for hitting Paxton Which Lynch is amazing, by the way. I know. To be suspended and fined I know. on a hit is just It's been remarkable. quite a last couple of months for Holden Hill. <laughs> but behind him, though, I mean, they're playing Duke Thomas the whole game the other yeah. night. They're playing Chris Boyd, their seventh-round pick, the whole game. And there is no parachute whatsoever for if Xavier Rhodes continues to look like he's looked throughout the preseason. And uh, they tried to sign somebody, Benay Benwickery, who I refuse to acknowledge as a real person. And he uh, was horrible, and they had to cut him. I mean, it's, it's a great a, name, though. Yeah, it is. So there's a, there's a bunch a of play. there's yeah. a bunch of there's a bunch of corners who have been cut. Uh, you know, that maybe there's someone that they see something in. But at this point in the game, what Zimmer asks from his corners, I think, is a lot. And even Tremaine Brock, who was a proven guy and a pretty solid corner, came in and couldn't get any playing time. And we saw this with George Iloka last year. When you come in, I think, late at that position, like wide receiver, you might be able to catch up, especially in a Kubiak offense where if you've played in it before, you probably know all the terminology. But if it's if it's this, if it's the secondary with Zimmer, I think that's really tough when even George Iloka couldn't get it figured out. He got cut today, too, by the way. Who cut him? Um, Dallas oh, he had Dallas. him around. Okay. So a couple of wide receivers that I found just on the bubble. Right. Torrey Smith is somebody that I've brought up before who I would definitely be interested in. Tawan Taylor is another guy. Tawan Taylor yeah. from uh, Tennessee. I mean, yeah, okay, bring like whoever. Smith. They've, they've got to be, they have to be better than what the uh, Vikings have right now. But no, I mean, you, no chance. Of, what, were you, where are you else? more, when it comes to the doomsday injury scenario, are you more concerned at corner or wide receiver? I'm, which I'm which is more corner. detrimental to this team? Corner. I think corner. corner at this point. Right? Yeah, if corner breaks down, it's over. all hell breaks loose. Yeah. Because I think in the past they've had such great pass rush off the edges that even if there were breakdowns with the corners that they could survive those. But now I'm not sure that the defensive line is quite strong enough to have a consistent pass rush, aside from Daniel Hunter, and, again, not really sure what Everson Griffin's going to bring, even though he's looked good, and they don't have a pass rush up the middle. So now you're talking about more time in the pocket, having to blitz more than you're asking a lot uh, of your cornerbacks. That's, that's where the you can see the foundation of the team, down. basically. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's and, the and, head coach's true love. And, and that's football. why they've drafted them. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why yeah. they've drafted uh, even Mike Hughes, who's coming back from his injury. But, you know, I don't know when he's going to come back. The guy hasn't practiced yet. So, I mean, you're talking about maybe another month till he comes yeah. back. So you're asking, can we survive a month, basically, until he comes back? But then you don't even know for sure exactly what Mike Hughes Who is returning that, from that's his injury. I was going to say, in, in a month, he's not going to be great. Because yeah. Pat Alfine struggled yep. after missing camp, and Latavius Murray even struggled after missing camp when they initially signed him. They never make a big deal out of those things. Oh, just an off-season surgery, no big deal. But then when you actually see it, it takes these guys a while to work themselves back into um, playing shape. So it's just I, hard to get in game shape in the, league, in the NFL. I mean, most difficult sport, I think, to get into, like, real game shape. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you need all of those practices throughout yeah. training camp to actually be able to do it, and then guys play themselves into shape throughout the season. Uh, so in terms of a, a possible big trade, I don't know. I mean, wide receiver and corner makes the most sense. But I do think if you had if you had Diggs and mm-hmm. Thielen went down for a couple weeks, you might be able to get through it, especially if Delvin Cook is playing really well. Yeah. You just work him a little more in the passing game. You still got Rudolph. We'll see what Irv Smith does. But there's no parachute whatsoever at the cornerback position. If one of your guys either struggles or gets hurt, and we saw both corners get hurt last year, right. you are in tough territory. And that's, you know, last year we kind of saw it with um, – 
against uh, New England, where Marcus Sherrills ends up getting in the game, and then New England takes advantage and ends up going on to win. Rhodes against the Cardinals was alarming, too. Definitely. I, I, I try not to get too red caught flag. up in preseason games, but when I see a guy as good as Rhodes basically pivot and fall and can't make a tackle, yeah. and it just looks like, and, and the, the wear and tear has been continual now for how long? Two, three years? Yep. It's not, uh, oh, it's preseason, he'll be fine. It's, uh, let's see, week one, when you're really going against the Falcons and they're passing you. All right, let's uh, say goodbye to Myron. Thanks for coming out, Myron. Bye, Myron. Thank you for having me. We'll be doing it every Friday with every you Friday, on man. Purple Daily. Unless you kick me off the show. It's up to you. you know. Possible. You we'll see like how that goes. Yeah, October. You may decide um, you don't want me anymore. <laughs> Judd, you're going to come back. We're going to do hot, hot routes. routes. Yes. And uh, then what I want us to do now that the preseason is over is I want us to predict every division. We've been talking about it. We've been kicking it around. Oh, that's like a fun but, segment. But I want to. Oh, oh. Oh, does someone want to stay? Or? Well, no, nah, I mean, it's just, oh, okay. you right. didn't tell me that part See before. But See you, Meyer. That's fine. All right. <laughs> we'll be back. You'll listen to Purple Daily here on Score North. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.